Hello! Welcome to the podcast for two consoles too late. And I am the host, Jackson Keebler. And this week, GameStops are now daycares. The Bayonetta voice actor is speaking up about wage inequity. We make a visit to the game store and talk all about that. And Two Consoles Too Late is having a fire sale of retro video game stuff. And on auction alert, we have a pair of racist jeans. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get started. Alright, so how could you not get pumped up to a song like that? That's from Wii Sports. It's the training results. Uh, so when you go to the training section of Wii Sports, there's a bunch of challenges. And once you get your results, this little uh, overly repetitive, but I don't know how to describe it, just inspirational, I guess. That little ditty plays. So I throw it in as the intro. Yep. I'm going to jail. Okay, but before we get into the meat and bones of the podcast, I once again I wanna I wanna do a word of the of the podcast. Uh I I've been I've been kind of lacking I I do it one week and I'll do it the next, so I but this week I've got a word that is quite relevant. The word is ephemera. So let's go ahead and listen to it. Ephemera. 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 Paper items such as posters, broadsides, and tickets that were originally meant to be discarded after use but have since become collectibles. That word has become very relevant recently uh, given my new job. Um, I get a lot of ephemera, especially with the cameras. And uh, not so much ephemera with video games. It's mostly just like manuals and the inserts. The, the little inserts that come with uh, the video games, like promotional stuff. But anyway, I just thought it would be nice to put that word out there and help help expand people's vocabulary. Ephemera. This article comes from Kotaku. It's written by Ethan Gatch, and it's titled, GameStop daycare, in quotes, is a thing and employees are tired of babysitting other people's kids. The Mario Kart Switch Station is not your babysitter, staff at the retail store say. Now, this story came to me from, I was casually listening to, I had NPR on, and uh, I think it was Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and there, there was some sort of, it was like the quiz portion, like whether they're making up a news story or not, and this was one of them. Some call it GameStop Daycare, a phenomenon where minors of varying age are left to roam the racks of games and Funko Pops until their parents come back from shopping elsewhere. Sometimes it means fixing a bunch of carefully organized shelves that just got ransacked. Other times, it means dealing with an angry parent when they return and their kid already decided to wander off somewhere else. And this quote comes from a anonymous game store or sorry GameStop employee. Quote, like if you're gonna leave your kids somewhere while you shop, then leave them at home with a babysitter. Your kids are not our problem. 
We already have enough to deal with. Okay, um, not the best of quotes there, but I, I, I'm not going to try to denigrate what the people at GameStop do. I imagine it's a very low tail, uh, low paying retail employment opportunity. But <laughs> this last part, we already have enough to deal with. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing just the, uh, the BS nature of the job is what they're dealing with or just customer service in general. Um, I saw this and I just, I, I'm not surprised by this at all. I, I, as a parent, am not guilty of this. I would never leave my, my seven-year-old alone in a store. I like to think I'm a better parent than that. But even if he was older and I had stuff to do, I still wouldn't, wouldn't do this. Um, I have, now I have taken my son to a GameStop for the express purpose just to play games. Okay. So that he could, you know, play all the little demos. But I was present in the store at the time, all right? So I, I feel, you know, somewhat uh, responsible because of that. Now, this kind of like stirred up some memories in my head because I remember like as a kid, you would go to like Macy's and Hex and they'd have like the uh, the demo station for like Sega Genesis and Nintendo and all that. And you'd kind of be standing around with the other kids, like, trying to get your turn playing whatever game you could. And, of course, your parents were off shopping. Hopefully, they were still in the department store. But this is not a new thing, uh, you know, to see that, you know, kids are ditching their kids uh, to play video games while they shop. But uh, I just thought this was funny that history repeats itself once again. Not kids, parents. Parents drop off their kids. What the fuck, Jackson? Jesus Christ, Nintendo, pay me a decent, dignified, living wage. That is the voice of Helena Taylor, the voice of Bayonetta from the Bayonetta franchise. I'll just do the bullet points real quick in case you don't know what the hell's going on because it's all over the interwebs and just seeing it, it just pisses me off. The voice actress for Bayonetta, uh, who did the voice of Bayonetta in games 1 and 2, uh, was offered $4,000 to do the voice acting job on Bayonetta 3. She got the job, but she turned it down. She uh, wrote to Nintendo asking for more money. Nintendo said, no thank you, we're going to go with another actress. and. As a result, she tweeted these videos. In these videos, she asked that people boycott the game Bayonetta 3 and instead give the money to charity. And it has caused a complete stir on the internet. It's super annoying and I, I've gotten to the point where I just kind of just don't look at it anymore. Would I ever boycott this game because she was offered uh, some wage inequity? As an artist, no. Did I have any intention of buying Bayonetta 3? No, so it's kind of moot, you know, for me to have an opinion. But when it comes to wage inequity, um, it's happening every day. I just left a job, and in that job, I made $14.50 an hour, okay? 
that's not a living wage. And yes, there is a huge gap, a, a huge wage gap in this country of just, you know, people that do basic jobs and are underpaid and don't get paid a living wage because the cost of living keeps going up, but the wages don't. The video game industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And in any industry, people at the bottom are gonna be underpaid. And unfortunately, it's a fact of life. And it's sad, and it's true. And this story is just another story in many. This past Saturday, I visited a retro video game store in the Baltimore area called Retro Replay. It's up in Bel Air, Maryland, which is 20-30 minutes northeast of Baltimore. It's a trip up 95. If you don't like highways, you can take Route 1. Anyway, so I went there with my son on Saturday. Uh, it was a late afternoon visit. I have a friend who lives up there from high school. And so I visited him and kind of rolled over there just to check it out. Uh, it's a big space. It's pretty cool. It's in a strip mall. And we walk in and it was kind of busy. Uh, you know, I guess being a Saturday. A lot of, lot of, lot of inventory. I mean, they had it all. They had... Nintendo, Genesis, Super Nintendo, Wii—they they had a great selection of different platforms, as well as consoles, uh, Funko Pops, stuff like that. Uh, controllers. They also had records, DVDs, Blu-rays, box sets. I mean, they had it all. So, a lot of selection at this store. Uh, by the way, I'm not getting paid to to talk about this. I mean, I'm just, you know. I'm plugging them for free. Anyway, so I took uh, two controllers to just to see what they were worth on trade-in. I've got these two uh, Wii controllers uh, for Super Smash Brothers. They're called Fight Pads. They're they're a third-party controller um, made by PDP. Um, I'm I'm in the process of trying to sell them. I'm going to talk about that in the next segment. So anyway, I, I just wanted to see what they were worth, and they offered me $5 a piece for my Wii controllers, which I was not surprised by that figure. I didn't expect them to be like, yeah, we'll give you 20 bucks a piece. But I have to say, as I walked around the store with my son, there was only one guy working, you know, on this, I would say, a busy Saturday. And the whole time, I'm, I'm not a kleptomaniac. I, I do not shoplift, but my first thought was, you know what, I could just, you know, walk out of here and no one would know the difference. Now, I think that the games on the racks were, I, I didn't even check, but pretty sure the games weren't in the cases, which is pretty smart. So, uh, I, I did need, I was looking for a couple things. Uh, number one, I was looking for another Wii remote. And they had them. 
but they wanted $20 for a Wii remote. That's not a Motion Plus Wii remote. That's just a regular old Wii remote. I'm not... 10 bucks, okay, fine, 10 bucks, but 20, uh-uh. And the sad part is, at my new job, I've, I've got a bin, like a plastic tote, filled with Wii remotes. But, so, I, I was very cheap. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not paying $20 for a Wii remote. I was looking for Twilight Princess for the Wii U, because my Wii U came in this past weekend. They did not have Twilight Princess. Uh, I was looking for Samus Returns for the Nintendo 3DS. I recently got it back from my friend. I, I lent it to him to play Fire Emblem and uh, so he gave it back to me and I thought alright we'll see if they have Samus Returns. They did not have a copy of that and so then my son throws me this curveball and he says, Dad, they have Super Smash Brothers. And I was like, what? You know, because Super Smash Brothers is a fighting game. And I was like, okay. Now, they did have Super Smash Brothers for the Wii, the Wii U, and the Switch. And ultimately, if he's going to get Super Smash Brothers, I'm just going to get the one for the Switch. But uh, I think we're going to wait till Christmas on that one. But they, the prices were fair. Um, unfortunately, they didn't have any of the titles I was looking for. I don't know if they do any sort of online thing. Um, but if you Google Retro Replay Maryland, I'm sure their website or social media will come up. They're all over Instagram. Um, that's how I found them in the first place. So another retro video game store visited. And this time I did not give them any money. But before I start acquiring more video game shit, I think it's time to get rid of some video game shit. And I just got the Wii U. It came in this past weekend. And I decided, you know what? It's time to sell one of the many Wiis that I own. So I boxed up one of my Wii's with everything. I included a copy of Wii Sports. I listed it on Facebook Market. Everything that I'm that I that I'm selling, I listed on Facebook Marketplace. And the reason is, for anyone who wants to sell anything, you know, whether you be hard up for money, you just want to get rid of stuff. eBay's uh, fees. eBay charges you twelve point nine percent. Okay, which is total bullshit. And Facebook charges you only 5%. So if you're going to try to sell something, try to do it on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, you're not going to get as much exposure. But uh, you're also not going to get fucking ripped off. Anyway, so I'm selling my uh, one of my Wii's boxed uh, for 50 bucks. I think that's completely fair. Especially with Wii Sports and a controller. I am selling the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, I can't capture it. I don't have Samus Returns as much as I would like to play it. I'm guessing eventually it's going to come to the Switch somehow. So I'm not you know, super stressed about that. And I think I've said it before, but I'll say it again. For me to play a handheld, 
at the age of 42 is really hard because my vision I need to I need to wear readers <laughs> so for me to play a handheld is extremely hard for me so uh, that's another reason I'm like you know what selling that so I listed that with a charger it's in great condition it's it's kind of heartbreaking actually to give it up um, my son messed around with it and he was like oh I look I can make a me so he made like a me for all these me characters he I don't know he just likes making me's anyway um, I listed it for hundred and fifty bucks and I think that's pretty fair eBay's got about you know that's like the ballpark on eBay but once again if I sell it on eBay what's twelve point nine percent of hundred and fifty dollars you know what fuck you eBay you know I'd rather Facebook take my 5% of $150. They can have my $7.50. What else did I list? Uh, the Smash Brothers controllers I was talking about that I took to Retro Replay. I listed uh, those two. Now, these controllers, one is the Zelda controller, which is green and gray. And uh, the other one is the Mario controller, which is like a silver metallic. I listed both of those paired uh, for $30. I haven't gotten any hits on anything yet. Uh, I mean, these aren't like... I thought. The, I really thought the 3DS would go quickly, uh, but unfortunately it is not. But we'll see. Um, let's face it though, any, any money made from me selling all this stuff is... One, to make up for the fact I spent $120 on the Wii U, and B, it's probably just going to go down the endless pit of buying more video game stuff. Auction, 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 auction. Alert. All right, auction alert. Uh, this... It's a weird one this week. This is not a Shop Goodwill one. This is, uh, I don't know how I came across this story. Um, this, I, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's from NPR. Drank. And this article is written by Jacqueline Diaz and Jonathan Franklin. Okay. Uh, anyway, a pair of Levi's that sold for $76,000 reflects anti-Chinese sentiment of the 19th century. The pants were found years ago by denim historian Michael Harris in an abandoned mine shaft, according to the Wall Street Journal. Okay, uh, what the hell is a denim historian? Like, did you go to school for that? Like, is that like, I studied textile sciences. Uh, what do you specialize in? Burlap? No, denim. <laughs> like, okay. All right, here we go. Uh, this is from the article. Aside from the pants wear and tear and what the buyers, what the buyers and Harris believed to be candle wax from the former wearer, parentheses, a minor, they seem to believe, the jeans hold another piece of history, one that Levi's is likely to want to forget. One of the faded pockets of the pants bears the phrase, 
the only kind made by white labor. Now, in response to this, uh, Levi Strauss came out with a statement, and part of that statement said, uh, an economic crisis in the United States in the 1870s led to high unemployment and fueled anti-Chinese sentiment and rampant discrimination. In 1882, when Congress passed the Chinese Exclusion Act, there was a significant social pressure not to hire Chinese workers, and Levi Strauss and Company adopted an anti-Chinese labor policy, the spokesperson said. So there you go, uh, a buyer with the help of a denim historian just paid $76,000 for a pair of racist jeans. Okay, that's it. That's the, that's the podcast for Two Consoles Too Late. I'm the host, Jackson Keebler. Man, irresponsible parenting, wage inequity, racism, consumerism... All, all the big issues here on Two Consoles Too Late this week. Um, you can check me out at patreon.com, drop me some shekels, and uh, keep this podcast going. But as always, have a good one. I love you. Bye. All right, this article comes from Kotaku. It is written by a Ethan Gatch. And it is entitled, A Gay Stop... Uh, gay Stop. <laughs> Whoops.